Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Tamar Arslanyan. Tamar is the author of the blog, IHaveCat.com, single in the city with cats, and has served as vice president of account management at numerous high-profile New York City advertising agencies. She currently consults pet brands on marketing and social media, writes for numerous pet outlets, and shares her home with her two rescue cats, Kip and Hattie. Tamara, I want to welcome you to the show, and I also want to mention that you are the author of the book that I just love called Shop Cats of New York. Well, thank you. Good morning, and thank you so much for the lovely introduction and for, yes, the compliment on my book. For those of you who uh, weren't able to listen to my book review show, which happened a few weeks ago, I brought up Shop Cats of New York, and I just think it's just absolutely fantastic. And Tamar, you reached out to me, and I'm glad that you can join us today to tell us a little bit more about the background of the book and how it came about. How did you get the idea to uh, write sort of the story of Shop Cats? It's such a cliche that I was literally in the shower one day <laughs> and the idea came to me. And honestly, I'm not one of those shower thinkers and I've never related to those people. But, you know, I had had an agent approach me. They had found, she had found my blog and then I realized, wow, this is great. And they didn't approach me. But then, wow, I just realized I'm the one that's supposed to come up with the book idea. We tried a few ideas and nothing was sticking. And then one day, I must have, you know, I have two local shop cats here, one at a wine store, one at a Pilates studio. And I started wondering, you know, why we weren't seeing any books or anything. And I did a quick Google search. I, uh, search. I literally jumped out of the shower and realized that there was a real opportunity there. And, and I had known through friends and people who know I'm a cat lover. They were always telling me what shops had cats. So... I knew that there were a lot of cats in a huge variety of stores all over New York City. That's kind of what started it all. And when did that happen? How long ago did you get the idea? Wow, it's probably been close to three years now. (laughs) (laughs) It's not easy getting a book published, huh? No, these things take time, even in this digital age. Before you got the idea for this book, you're obviously, you're a cat lover and and all that stuff. So how has your experience been getting involved with cats? Well, you know, I never grew up with animals. Um, I had a hamster and a goldfish and that was about it. And we just were not an animal family. Uh, And then I actually, because of a boy, because of a man that I dated, who we had a long distance relationship. So it's just a funny way to get into realizing how amazing cats are. He had a a sibling set of of, uh, cats. And so I would visit him and I'd get to know them, Ian and Shelly. And then of course, when we were apart, I was missing him. But apparently he, I don't know if he was missing me so much because I kept hearing tales of Ian and Shelly and Ian and Shelly. And so I kind of jokingly said, I'm going to get a retaliatory cat. And is that the right word? (laughs) So I adopted my first cat, Kip. And so now I had my cat to talk about when he was talking about his cat. And having Kip really opened my world and opened my eyes. I had always thought a cat is a cat is a cat. A dog is a dog is a dog. And I think it was the first time I really came to realize how unique 
each little animal is and what little special souls and personalities they have. So as you wrote this book or put this, these stories together, it seemed like there were some common themes that you discovered over time with regards to there are a lot of sort of myths around sort of what life is like for a shop cat. Would you be willing to share those with us? And what is life for a shop cat really like? Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. People in Manhattan know bodega cats a lot. And that's really, uh, the term is really just used for sort of like a deli, one of those quick shop places, almost like the 7-Eleven, but it's not branded. And many of these people have cats for purely rodent control. And there's a degree of, you know, debate around how, how they're treated. So, you know, I purposely wanted to stay away from that controversy and focus on cats that I had seen that were being treated, you know, better than my cats <laughs> in terms of veterinary care and being doted upon and the type of food they were getting. So I think I was I was curious to see if I could find more cats like the few that I knew that were really revered. And I was so happy to find that there were. And after writing the book, I found even many more. But I would say, you know, again, many are referred to as working cats, which I don't really love that term. I'm sure that they do scare rodents away just by their presence. I've heard, you know, people put cat hair in their apartments actually under the molding so that rodents will think you have a cat even if you don't. So I think their presence probably deters rodents. Many of the people I spoke to said those, the cats they had often would alert them to rodents but wouldn't necessarily do much about it. <laughs> so I think they had gotten a little too comfortable in their in their little uh, supervisory role. And I think another thing that I had a question about, this idea that it's sad that they're in the store most of the time. Uh, at night alone and, you know, that that's not humane and, and whatnot. And I came into it a bit trepidatious too. And the more I heard people speak about their cats uh, in the store, and many of them had pets uh, as well, cats at home or dogs at home, you know, they actually felt that their shop cats led more stimulating lives because they were really interacting with people when they chose because they all had places they could go be alone. While their animals that were at home were obviously just alone by themselves for up to 12 hours a day. And they almost felt guilty saying, you know, my personal home pets maybe see me for an hour in the morning as I'm rushing around getting for work and an hour at night. And then these, these cats are getting like, you know, 10 to 12 hours of interaction and stimulation and petting and, chasing people's handbags or or shoelaces and whatnot. And then at night, either they were sleeping or prowling, you know, but when we're at home, we're asleep at night usually as well. So again, I think it was just eye-opening for me and made me feel better about the whole situation as well. And you mentioned in some cases that these cats are almost sort of like therapy cats, you know, like the customers come into the stores and they seek out sort of the presence of those cats and, and that kind of thing. Um, I certainly know that firsthand. There have been a couple of shop cats that I've known over the years. And I always, if I'm ever near there, you know, I'll wreck myself towards that business so I can just, you know, go visit the cat. And not that it's pet therapy or something, but yet I just want to go and visit with the kitty and that kind of thing. So it, it seems like they play a, a huge role, not only for the owners of the businesses or the people who work there, but even the customers. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, we heard a lot of people say that they have customers who, even after they've moved away, will come and, and an hour from an hour away even to bring treats and toys to the cats that they've bonded with, or that people will just pop in if they're having a bad day and want to have a few moments with the resident cat. Um, there was there's a messenger center, MPH messenger center. They're not moving location, but they're they're keeping Sammy, their cat, and taking him with him them. But you know, these are these big burly guys who are like on the phone all the time, directing couriers and getting requests. And you know, in Manhattan, messenger services are really big. You know, people on bikes or walking to deliver packages. So there's a lot of coordinating. There's a lot of hubbub. And every once in a while, you'd see one of the guys just stick out their big hand and and give Sammy a scratch behind the ears or a <laughs> nuzzle. And it was sweet. And the manager said, you know, he keeps them calm. He keeps them happy. He keeps them calm. So I think a lot of the same health benefits that we hear about, you know, the heart, those are the blood pressure and the anxiety and, and those things that they can do for us one-on-one apply in the business scenario as well and help the employees to feel a little bit more calm uh, during stressful situations as well. In looking through all the different stories in the book, and I think you have about 30 to 35 different cats profiled, were there any stories that really stood out to you? Oh, there are so many. I love all the cats, you know. Uh, Well, I just think Kitty is an interesting one. She's at my Pilates studio. And Kitty is just this frail, teeny little cat. I mean, I want to say kitten. She's probably 15 or 16. And she's been pet so much her, her her skin is just crazy soft and, and probably a bit oily from everyone's hands. But uh, I remember speaking uh, to the folks there about her, and it turns out, first of all, that she snuck into an Italian restaurant when the owner used to have an Italian restaurant in Little Italy, and you're not supposed to have animals in restaurants in New York City. And so the police found out, and so the joke is she went on the lamb, and so they had to hide her. <laughs> and then this Italian man went on went on to run a Pilates studio. So one of the uh, frequent customers there is a clairvoyant. And so had a little session with Kitty. And the building that this Pilates studio in is a very historic building. It's actually a historic building officially in New York City. And it used to be a German beer hall, and it used to at one point have – it was a jazz club. Anyway, the clairvoyant found out that, lo and behold – in a former life, Kitty had been a performer in that same building. Oh, and my goodness. She actually, yeah, a human performer, right? And I don't know if it was a songstress or a dancer. I didn't get much detail. But she had a name, and I don't remember what the name was. I don't think they remembered. But they did ask Kitty, "Did you? would you prefer to us to call you your name? And apparently Kitty said, no, just Kitty is fine. <laughs> so she stayed Kitty. <laughs> That's very unique, really interesting story. And it touches upon some of the things that that you had said in our pre-show chat about how you really wanted to make this a fun book, you know, something that people would be entertained by. And like you said, not feel like these cats were having a tough time with life, that they were really celebrated and really had families and felt loved. And that with this book, maybe organizations might think about feeling a little bit more comfortable with placing cats in these shops. Yeah, I, I do think it's, you know, people are now talking about certain cities employing cats. I mean, as true working cats, you hear a lot about barn cats now, cats that aren't necessarily socialized, perhaps having opportunities on farms. And I think there should never be a blanket statement. I think that's always dangerous. But look, we've had people who have been heads of 
rescue organizations who have turned out to be animal abusers or hoarders. You can never generalize. And, and just with a personal adoption, when you do a check and you check references and you maybe do a home visit or not, I think, you know, all those same things should apply. But right now, many businesses find it hard. They either have to pretend they're adopting a cat for themselves and then bring it to the business, or they have to get a cat from a friend. But, you know, who knows? There could be so many opportunities be it for fostering, you know, alternate ways for people to see cats that are up for adoption. Uh, you know, and there was a pet store that we featured, PS9 in Brooklyn, that pulls cats from the HDC and actually has them there, and they get adopted out from people coming to the, the pet supply store. So I think it's just an interesting thought because I had a friend who once said anything is better than a cage. You know, so is is a life in a, in a shop where they're loved better than a cage or better than possibly being put down. So I just think it's something I would challenge rescue organizations to think about and consider. Ever feel like you are overwhelmed by all the paperwork for your community cats? On Thursday, February 23rd at 2 p.m. Eastern time, we are holding a webinar about Cat Stats, a free database tool that will help keeping track of your colonies easy to do. To sign up, Check out communitycatspodcast.com or email Stacy S-T-A-C-Y, at communitycatspodcast.com. Are you swamped with miscellaneous papers and notebooks with details about the cats in your colonies? It's hard to keep track of all the details. Do you get a headache whenever your TNR coordinator asks you for paperwork that they need for their program? Cat Stats is the ultimate TNR program management tool that will reduce your stress. Set up your own online cat colony database and track colonies and caretakers in your service area. Mapping and automated requests for help are also featured. Designed by Neighborhood Cats, Cat Stats is available at no cost to animal welfare organizations. Cat Stats has an easy-to-use interface, and all of the information is protected and private. We want to help you spend less time on paperwork and more time helping cats. Check out this free tool at catstats.org, C-A-T-S-T-A-T-S dot O-R-G, brought to you by Neighborhood Cats. So I'd be remiss in not turning the page, literally, and talking about the photography in the yes. book. Um, yes. It is just fantastic. And knowing how challenging it is for me to get pictures of my own cats, <laughs> Uh, what was the process like for getting these just incredibly awesome photos? Well, I was fortunate enough to meet a young up-and-coming photographer, Andrew Marcella, and he already had a huge Instagram following. And, of course, I met him at Grumpy Cat's birthday party because <laughs> that's how social media cat people meet each other at these types of events. And he was really into cat portraiture. So he did an amazing job of capturing them very tight, up close, a lot of detail. So I spoke to him about it. We did some test shots. And he is just one of these guys that I'm the loud one. I would be the one getting in there being like, I know you have a cat. We want you in our book, you know, or no, there's no cat here. Are you sure? I think I just saw one, you know, <laughs> um, or where is the cat in this neighborhood? So I was kind of the front man. And then he would just come in and he's definitely a cat whisperer. He worked with very little uh, equipment, no special lighting other than a flash that he would bounce off of certain things, no uh, reflectors or special setup lights. He would get down on their level and he would literally sometimes only have 15, 20 minutes. And don't forget that most of the time these, these are businesses that are in operation. So no one was saying, all right, let's stop everything for a photo shoot. 
And, you know, we also wanted to get a sense of what the actual business was like and not have it be a sterile environment. So he really dealt with a lot of obstacles that I think he did an amazing job overcoming and capturing the cats and the environment that they were in, which was so important to us because of the fact that it's all about shop cats and especially New York shop cats. So sometimes you'll see a reflection of a yellow cab or people walking on the street or a yellow cab in the background or a city bus in the background or even NYPD in the background. The photos are just, they're fantastic. I just, I, I mean, I continually leaf through the book multiple times. And as you said, he, he was really excellent at getting the sense of where the cats are living, you know, a sense of their yes. place. They just definitely speak to you. He seems to be able to capture their eyes. Yeah, so well. he really All connects. Of them. With, he really connects with them. He really does. And I think Harper yeah. Collins did Harper Design specifically did an amazing job with the layout and the quality of the book. I mean, it's hardcover. It's got a beautiful texture and feel to it. I think personally. So, you know, I, I, we were thrilled with the end result, and the, the photographs are just so crisp and saturated. And he doesn't do a lot of retouching either. So. It, it didn't take a, they didn't really do anything to his photographs, but they did a lovely job. And I hope you agree with the layout and the end product is really beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm looking at this picture here of Kita at the Bleecker Street <laughs> Record. And, and it, I mean, I swear the cat's smiling at me. <laughs> it's just one of those, those things when you kind of think like a record store cat would be kind of like chummy and, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know, it's just very interesting. And, and you actually have them on the back cover too. And, it's, you know, I'm trying to think about pictures are just so important for so many of us to tell the stories of the work that yeah. we're doing with community cats. Shop cats are community cats as well. Yeah. And it sounds like based on what you've seen with his work is, you know, just really try and be a cat whisperer to be able to capture the best photos and don't necessarily worry about staging, but just get as many photos as you can. And, yeah. and one or two of those are going to pull out and be successful. Exactly. I mean, we all take photos, we all have cell phones now, but I find that oftentimes they just sort of stay on the cell phones and they don't get transferred into making those photos into stories. And it's, yeah. it's worth it to take that time to be able to pull back and share those stories because then you'll be able to get so many more people involved and, and understanding. As you said, coming into all this, you really didn't understand what the situation was like for cats in New York. It's not like people are ignoring a situation. It's that a lot of people just aren't aware about what life is like for community cats, for cats in general, cat overpopulation issues. People just yeah. don't understand that. And until you get involved in a project or to own a cat um, and then you find out more, you know, each day you find out a little bit more, you know, then you get educated. But I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations with people that aren't in the cat world and like, oh, I never realized there was like an overpopulation yeah. problem with cats. Something like what you've done is able to share about sort of what the challenges are for cats in New York and not only challenges, but the beautiful lives that they live. For Canlis, so, absolutely. Yeah. So I do hope definitely, and this happened in Newburyport. We had quite a few shop cats in Newburyport uh, in our early days when we had a large free roaming cat population in um, Newburyport, Massachusetts, which was obviously a much smaller situation than New York City. We had a lot of shop cats in the early days. And then as the population went down, it, as you said, it's harder for shops to get cats. Um, mm -hmm. And there are a couple of businesses that still have shop cats, but certainly not as many as what we uh, used to have. So I certainly hope that 
as these shop cats, you know, unfortunately do pass on, I do hope that the businesses will make a commitment and try and, you know, continue to have, have more shop cats in the future. I, I hope so. And many of these are not the first shop cats that these businesses have had because I think, again, they feel lonely and the customers come and they expect it. And I think, you know, they associate a business with having a cat and it's beneficial for the business too, you know, which is a great thing. And actually, I just read yesterday in Albuquerque, an article about in Albuquerque, there are several stores from a knitting yarn store to a video game store, a video, actually people go play video games and they have cats that they have as fosters, you know, and they take the adult cats and they take cats that might not, you know, be uh, well shown, quote unquote, in a cage and they bring them into the shop and that gives people a chance to interact with them and really get to know their personality. So I thought that was kind of another neat twist on a shop cat. You know, it's like they had, they have revolving shop cats in an effort to get them to have to death. Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. And I'm a huge fan of always trying to think outside of the box. Yeah. And, you know, trying to think of different different ideas of ways to help all the animals in our community. Tamar, if folks were interested in finding out more about uh, Shop Cats of New York or finding yeah. out about your blog, how could they find you? Well, I mean, the book, if you just Google Shop Cats of New York, it's available online. I mean, obviously, you can go to Amazon and they have it and you can read about it there. You can also go to IHaveCat.com and I have a special tab called My Book. And it will tell you a little bit about that. We're fortunate enough. We had great, uh, we had people like Jackson Galaxy read the book. And apparently Little Bub can read because she gave us a quote for the back of the book. And um, so, you know, you can, and you can see some of the reviews that we've had in New York Times and USA Today. We're also on Facebook, Shopcats of New York. Instagram, Shopcats of New York. And if you go to hashtag Shopcats of New York on Instagram, you'll see a lot of happy customers. Most of them seem to be cats. So I guess cats are are also into the book. (laughs) Okay. All right. I have Hooch, my cat, sitting right next to me and he's snoozing comfortably. I'll have to wake him up and get him him to read the book. Yeah. Have him pick a cat, his favorite cat. (laughs) And, And post pictures of your cats with our book. We love it. Awesome. Great idea. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? I think that it's that's it. I mean, it's been we've received such great uh, response, you know, not only domestically but internationally. It's just so fun to see pictures of your your book in a bookshop in Australia or New Zealand or something like that. So it's heartwarming, and I love that people are are just so open to cats. And and I think what's been nice too is people feel that the cat gives them or the book gives them a sense of New York City life which is also something that I was hoping to accomplish. So it's nice that that's come through a bit as well. So I, you know, I hope people get the book. It's a great gift. It's a great price point. And I guess that's it. I, I hope that we continue to do style. We're in our second print printing. So, you know, our first printing sold out. We were fortunate enough to get great coverage and we hope it continues. And we hope people continue to gift, gift the book and buy one for themselves. <laughs> Tamara, I want to thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show, and uh, hopefully we'll have you on in the show in the future if you have future projects down the road. I hope so. I hope so. Thank you so much. If you like the Community Cats podcast and would like to help promote Community Cats in your state, then we need you. We're looking for a couple of people from each state to be Community Cats ambassadors. What do you get by being an ambassador? You'll be mailed a promo kit of items to use to help promote the show at any event that you attend in your state. If you don't attend many events, hey, that's okay too. 
Do you have a network of people that love community cats? You can help with email and groups in your state to let them know about the CCP and offer them the benefit of community cat swag. The more we can spread the word about the show, the more we can do to help cats across the country. Please email Stacy, S-T-A-C-Y, at communitycatspodcast.com if you'd like to represent your state. Thank you.